our nation's capital, welcome to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Seasoned expert on race, religion, relationships, Dr. Anderson wants to talk to you. Phone lines are open now, 888-432-7434. And now, please welcome Dr. David Anderson, your bridge-building voice in the nation's capital. Good afternoon, friends. David Anderson live right here in the nation's capital. How in the world are you today? Well, wherever you are, in your kitchen, in your car, maybe in front of your uh, computer or your smartphone, uh, watching me on Facebook Live, thanks a lot for tuning in. At Anderson Speaks is my handle there for all my social media, including Facebook Live. And, of course, if you're new to the show, let me tell you how we roll. First of all, we've got Marriage Mondays, Tough Topic Tuesdays, Wisdom Wednesdays, Theological Thursdays, and then Open Phone-In Fridays. Anything you want to talk to me about on Friday is fair game, but today is Tough Topic Tuesday, and today we're going to talk about empowering women in ministry. That's what we're talking about. How do you uh, empower and envision and embolden women to serve in a way that they feel like they are valued in the body of Christ and with a theology that helps to under uh, undergird that. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to hear your thoughts on it, and I want to see what you think uh, from the scriptures as well as even philosophically or practically speaking. What are some things that we can learn together in order to serve together? And, uh, of course, we can have theological debate all day long, right? But just doing that uh, doesn't help move the needle at all with regard to, so what do we do? And how do we do it? And how do we allow our churches to empower uh, and enlist women in such a way that they're equipped and uh, free to do the ministry God's, God has called them to do? So that's what we're going to talk about today. My phone number live in studio is 888 7434. Uh, that's 888-43-BRIDGE. Now I'm going to bow for a short word of prayer, commit our time over to the Lord before we launch into today's show. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for technology so we can communicate with one another. Uh, and also for today's topic, we do uh, turn it over to you and just ask that you would be with us in the name of Jesus, we pray. Together, everyone said amen and amen well happy tuesday to you and uh, hopefully uh, you've enjoyed uh, our shows every single day but remember you can always call me on that hotline even when the show is not on and leave a message triple eight four three bridge that is the number uh, that you can give us a call on what do you think are the limitations uh, for women in ministry and how can the church lift up women uh, in ministry, or are you kind of committed to a theology of keeping them down? Are you committed to a theology of of keeping them in a certain box? Is there really a box uh, for women, but no box for men in ministry, or is there a box for men in ministry as well? I'd love to hear from you uh, as we uh, think this through, not only theologically, of course, 
it's not Theological Thursday, but you know what? We integrate everything with the Word of God. But even beyond that, not uh, excluding God's Word, but just, you know, in the practical day of 2018, 19, and 20, how does this look uh, different than it looked uh, in the first century church back in, uh, you know, 2000 and some years ago, uh, where women in ministry, women in leadership wasn't, uh, wasn't a thing? Right. I mean, uh, you were in a different culture, different time. And there's some cultures that are still uh, very, very different than Western culture. Right. Uh, You know, Western culture is newer than Eastern culture and African culture and Middle Eastern culture. And so imagine culture back then and imagine now moving west and now you have North America, uh, you know, and North Americans, Europeans uh, and today's culture. How does that all integrate uh, with God's word and with the way we do ministry and how much of our culture uh, is informing how we allow women, quote unquote, allow or permit, quote unquote, permit. Sorry about that. Women uh, in in ministry to do ministry. All right. So if that's a topic that you think is a tough one, one that you're ready to engage in or learn about or even have a question about, uh, feel free to give me a phone call even now. My phone number live in studio is 888-432-7434. I'm going to run to my commercial break now, and as soon as I get back, we're going to launch into today's topic, women in ministry, specifically empowering women in ministry. And are you committed to a theology uh, that would keep women down or lift women up? All right, I'll talk to you in just a moment. For those on Facebook Live, thanks for tuning in. See you there as well. 7. Dr. Anderson would love for you to join his brand new public figure Facebook page. Just search Dr. David Anderson on Facebook, and when you see his smiling face, click like. It's another great way for you to connect and follow the good doc. Welcome. 
Welcome back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. For more information about this program or for resources from Dr. Anderson, please visit andersonspeaks.com. You can call our hotline at any time at 888-432-7434. That's 888-43-BRIDGE. To watch us on Facebook Live or to check out our previous broadcasts, visit Dr. Anderson's public Facebook page. Just search Dr. David Anderson and click like. To join our text community and receive a free weekly textpiration from Dr. Anderson, just text the word INSPIRE to 50555. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-E to 50555. And now, back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. How in the world are you today? Thanks for hanging out with me. Give me a call if you want to talk about women in ministry, specifically uh, women in leadership. Uh, I would love to talk to you about that. Today's topic, empowering women in ministry. And so do you have a theology that holds uh, women down or lifts women up? And do you think Jesus was trying to lift and liberate women? Or do you feel like he was trying to toe the line of what the rule should be in order to limit women to their quote-unquote role. Hmm. Love to hear from you. It's a tough topic Tuesday for sure. Here's my number 888-432-7434. That's 888-43-BRIDGE. And our phone lines are up and we're waiting for you uh, to call. We see that you're calling, but we also have to get them up on our screen. So as soon as you talk to the call screener, just go ahead and uh, give him uh, or her your name. Uh, and the city you're from, and we will uh, we will integrate you into the conversation shortly. So thank you for your patience as we work on the technology of trying to connect us all together. But, you know, the scripture does say that women should keep silent in the church. Do you believe that? And so what does that mean uh, if you hold on to that? And uh, if a woman has a question, uh, she should ask her own husband when she gets home, uh, what happens when she doesn't uh, have a, her own husband, how if she's not married, then should she just keep silent and not ask a question or is she not even allowed in the synagogues? So is that what we ought to be uh, lifting up? Uh, and then, of course, it says that women ought to be teaching younger women. The older ones teach the younger ones uh, and then uh, maybe children. So should we limit uh, ladies? I would love to hear from you on it. Do you feel like we should uh, – uh, be uh, limiting you? Do you feel limited or do you feel liberated that you don't, you know, you, you, you're not supposed to teach, uh, you're not supposed to preach, uh, you're not supposed to maybe have anything to teach a woman that's older than you, just women that are younger and children. So therefore, uh, your role, uh, according to the scriptures that we read, if we're going to read it literally and not exegete it or, or uh, see what the cultural context of it is, but just take it for its for its straight-up word, uh, then, ladies, uh, would you agree uh, that you should only teach women uh, the Bible if uh, you are older and they are younger, and they have to, or or children? All right. Outside of that, uh, you should be silent in church. Uh, and then, if you do have a theological question, don't ask the, the teacher. Uh, in the in the Bible class, because again, that's what the Scripture says, right? I mean, you got to take it. If you're going to take it literally, take it to its logical conclusion, and don't pick, right? Don't just uh, hand cherry pick. All right, women can do this, but they can't do that. Well, then, what what is the limit based on what? Based on Western culture, 
uh, based on, uh, you know, the, the, the way you see it as a man. I mean, uh, yes, yeah, she can sing and she can lead worship and she can even sing scripture, but she can't read scripture. I mean, is there any logical problem that any of you see with this or is it just me? Uh, and are you committed to it? Like how committed to it are you? Like out of all the issues, how committed to this issue are you where you're like, look, I'm going to toe the line. I'm going to make sure that, uh, again, they just teach uh, younger women and children. And if they have a question, if they're single, uh, live with the question or ask an older woman in a private place that's not church. But don't raise your hand in a Bible class. Uh, Old Testament survey, New Testament survey, Romans, uh, Philippians, whatever it is, don't don't ask a question. Uh, and surely uh, do not uh, voice anything uh, when you are in, in service. Because, uh, again, it says the women are supposed to keep silent. So we're just trying to be biblical. So let's just be biblical and, and, and do exactly what the Word of God says. Does, does that make sense to you? Or is it possible? Would you be open to the possibility that that was the cultural norm of the day, not prescribed as the way it should be for eternity, but the way it was, and possibly that Jesus was actually uh, liberating, as well as Paul, liberating women uh, by allowing them to do things that previously they weren't even allowed to do, like go into the synagogue. And so then if they're going to go into the synagogue, then at least be silent. Well, that kind of makes sense to me when you're breaking ground, breaking breaking um, glass ceilings, you know. And so, again, I'd love to hear from you, uh, even as they're working on uh, the phone lines. Feel free to call. I'm also pulling up my social media. I want to hear from you uh, there as well. At Anderson Speaks is my Facebook Live page, and I see you guys there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, and if you want to give us a call, 888-432-7434, or if you're trying to memorize uh, the number, maybe you're driving, uh, just remember 888-43-BRIDGE. Uh, Mike Perez says, hello, big shout out to you, Ada Kling, uh, says that she can't wait to hear. Well, we're here now. We're going to talk a little bit more about it. And, uh, you know, what the Lord has for us today is what she says she can't wait to hear. Then we got Malika Teague. Uh, and Melanie Young, as well as Kitty, uh, Miss My Mom. So we're glad all of you are there. Make sure you holler at me on Facebook Live as well. And shortly, when all of our uh, all of our technology gets rolling, I'm going to integrate a, a guest on the show, a, a woman who I think will bless your socks off once we get her up and rolling. Now my number again is eight 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 four three two seven four. Three four. Uh, that's triple eight four three bridge. Now uh, let me give you a, a bit of my view uh, until we again get those phones working. Uh, let me give you uh, my view on this. I do believe that Jesus was liberating and lifting women, and uh, when Jesus met with the woman at the well, uh, that just showed us wow. He is meeting alone with a woman at a well at a time of day that nobody else goes to the well so he could do ministry, uh, have ministry to her. It changed her life. She went back and she told everybody her story about the man that changed her life. We see that not only with the woman at the well. We see it uh, Mary and Martha when he's at their home. Uh, Mary is sitting at his feet. Martha comes uh, as well, even though she had a little bit of a, 
uh, an attitude about uh, Mary not helping her work in the kitchen, so to speak. Uh, and so and then what about the the first person to preach the gospel? Remember when Jesus rose again from the dead, the first one that saw him was a woman, uh, Mary. And what did he say to her? He says, you go and tell Peter and the others. You, in other words, the first one to proclaim the risen Lord was a woman. Go figure that. Uh huh. And then what I think really should help us with our with our understanding of this. I'm going to get practical later, but just biblical for those of you who might be being stretched even now. And uh, that is um, Acts chapter 2, where Peter is preaching in the first century church. And he calls on the text from Joel 2, which says your men will uh, dream dreams and, and, and have visions. But it doesn't, doesn't just limit it to men, does it? The first century church, when the power of the Holy Spirit takes over, notice it doesn't limit it to men. It should, right? I mean, like, if you're going to follow this theology and now you've got this new thing starting called the Christian church, surely the, the inauguration of the church should show us something, right? And sure enough, it does. When we get to Acts chapter 2, it says, uh, In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on, note this, all people. And then he goes further, your sons and, listen, daughters will preach or prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Doesn't stop there. Goes on to say, even on my servants, both, look, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in these days and they will prophesy or preach. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth below i mean think about that and then that whole text ends with and everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved i mean this text is is teaching us that men and women will be touched by the holy spirit when god pours his spirit out sons and daughters will preach and prophesy and and here's the thing that came from joel 2 and what peter is doing is saying today is the day that this is this is uh prophecy fulfilled and fulfilling that God is starting to fulfill the prophecy of old uh, and, and, and also in part because there's more to be fulfilled. But uh, that should encourage you. That shouldn't discourage you. And, and why so angry when women do, like, you know, preach or lead? Why so angry? Like, can you imagine this is the number one issue that you are fighting over? Why? Why does that bug you so much? Whether you're a woman and it bugs you, or whether you're a man and it bugs you. What is that in you? Is it really because of the conviction of the scriptures? Uh, is it because it feels like uh, they're taking your job or they're out of the role that you kind of grew up with? It al it's always good to kind of look into ourselves and ask ourselves, not are we angry, but why are we angry? Not are we upset, but why are we upset? And, and, and what's the big affront to God's word if a woman is proclaiming Jesus Christ? Like, what's the big affront? Like, I mean, like, why am I so angry that a woman is teaching about Jesus? Now, if, if she's teaching about something that's anti-Jesus, well, that makes total sense to me, whether it's a man or a woman. Okay, I get that. But they're proclaiming God's word. They're talking about love and power and the resurrection with seemingly anointed giftedness. And yet, I'm going to spend my ministry uh, resisting it, fighting it, holding them down. I mean, think about that. How 
how if you're wrong? Then what? What do you do then? Say to God, oh, my gosh, Lord, all these women that you gifted, 50% of the body of Christ, uh, and so many of them were gifted, and I spent all my time uh, telling them that they shouldn't fan the flame of their gifts, and if they do, they should only use them for a certain group of, of people that are like them, younger than them, or children. Uh, yes, Lord, that, that was my ministry. I spent my entire uh, ministry making sure that women were in their place as saith the Lord. I mean, think about that. What is that? Are you sure that it's scripture or, are you, or is it more bias, culture? Just uh, I'm pressing your buttons. I'm pushing, right? 888-432-7434 is our number live uh, in studio. Uh, They're still working on these uh, on this technology. We're getting there. We're getting there, friends. 888-43-BRIDGE. Uh, I'm going to highlight this book. I was hoping to have the author on the day. We'll get her book for another time since we're having technical difficulties. But I'm going to promote her book anyway. Uh, it's called Embolden. A Vision for Empowering Women in Ministry. Can you, can you see it? There it is. All right. And so on social media, you saw that I was going to have on Tara Beth Leach. She was a senior pastor of First Church of the Nazarene in Pasadena, uh, Southern California. We're going to talk more uh, with her at a later date. But she also wrote a book called Kingdom Culture. She lives in California with her husband and her two children. This is the newest uh, of her books. It comes out on IVP books. It's already out actually in Missio Alliance. So you want to make sure you get a copy of it and, and even shoot her an email, let her know, hey, listen, Dr. Anderson was promoting your book and I'm glad that you wrote it. Embolden in the subtitle, A Vision for Empowering Women in Ministry by Tara Beth Leach. Embolden, A Vision for Empowering Women in Ministry. Tara Beth Leach. Make sure you get a copy of the book. Google it. Uh, pull down a copy. Begin to read it. So then when we have her on, you can ask the questions uh, that you want to ask her because I think it's important. Uh, she is a pastor, and I, a senior pastor, and I believe uh, that she's going to blow you away with what is in uh, her book. We're going to ask her why she wrote it uh, and what is the premise of it. Uh, now listen, is there something called women's feminism to the degree that it's just stepping on uh, on men and then stepping on the necks of men and trying to unseat men uh, of power and try to unseat men of their rightful place of authority or headship or uh, masculinity that wants to emasculate men? Yes, there's no doubt about it uh, that you, feminism can go so far that it becomes ungodly. And I, I don't think that many Christian women are trying to unseat or emasculate men. I think that many Christian women are just trying to say, where's the equity, where's the equality, and where is the empowerment? Can you empower me like you empower men? Because if, if, if we don't, whether we like it or not, it becomes a good old boys club. And some of us like that, right? A good old boys club. What's wrong with that, right? They keep women in their place. But others of us are saying, eh, you know, I don't know if that most honors God because Jesus was very, very inclusive of women, much more inclusive than the culture. Uh, he included them uh, in his ministry meetings. He included them in his ministry. Uh, they were his disciples. 
uh, even though he had 12 male disciples that he called, he had women disciples as well that were with him. And if you start looking at the text, uh, you might be surprised what you see. I mean, we oftentimes may skip things that are right there in front of of our face, but it's but it's right there. Like God has uh, written it so we could clearly see it, but we just missed uh, that the the women were right there. For instance, in Acts chapter one, uh, we think of the upper room and we think of just the men in the upper room and you start reading chapter one and all of a sudden uh, you begin to see it list out those who are present. And oftentimes we miss the women because it lists out. It says uh, those present, verse 13, Acts 1, uh, 13, it actually says those who are present. When I get back from my break, I'm going to tell you who was actually present in the upper room. So then when the Holy Spirit came, because Jesus said, wait for the Holy Spirit to come, right? And then the power to be my witnesses are going to come out of that. So who was there and how were they empowered to be his witnesses? Were there any women in the room? Hey, let's find out together on the other side of the break. You're tuned in to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Hey folks, I'm David Mitchell, founder and CEO of Tradeway. Over a decade ago, I decided to start a company that could help families take control of their finances and more importantly, their time. We offer you a powerful education in how to trade in the stock market, providing you the skill sets you need to manage your financial manager and speak his language, or even cut out the middleman entirely and do it yourself. My mission was to put more money in the hands of good Christian people to impact this country and the rest of the world. Since that time, I've seen Tradeway grow from a small business started in a garage with my family to an education company which now employs more than 20 families and has educated nearly 20,000 people from all across the country. God has truly blessed this mission. It's been exciting to see the Tradeway family grow through the years. At this point, people attend our events not only to hear about the stock market, but to fellowship with other families and even to strengthen their walk with the Lord. The Tradeway community is unlike anything I've ever seen in my business career or even in my ministries. With Tradeway, you not only get a powerful system for trading as a business, but you get the kind of hands-on support, ongoing development, and personal community that is required to propel you forward in this journey, and we help you to do that one step at a time. I want to personally invite you to join us at our next event called Step 1, Start Your Journey at the Hyatt Regency Reston, September 14th and 15th. The event will be hosted by Mark Wilburn. Mark is a young man, but he commands the room with remarkable skill, which makes for an unforgettable learning experience for your whole family. He's also one of our most prolific traders. Join us at the Hyatt Regency Reston, September 14th and 15th, and bring your family. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I shopped the many highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $27 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. 
If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-452-6990. That's 800-452-6990. 800-452-6990. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. I'm back. I don't know what that is. Oh, there it is. There's a beat. All right. <laughs> it's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. How in the world are you today? Hey, listen, I'm not going to take any phone calls today. Some technical issues. So we're just going to, you're just going to have to listen to me talk about this topic, women in ministry. And also, if you want to hit me up on Facebook Live, that would be a great way to go as well, because I can talk to you there. So if you see me uh, plugging away with my fingers here, that's because I'm talking back at you. Thanks, Rob Campbell uh, and Ramona Cartagena-Torres for uh, your comments. Linda Genti Iskerzak says, I agree with you with what you said about feminists trying to emasculate men, the extreme ones. But the general movement seems to have that as its goal. So what do you think? Uh, have that as its goal. Linda, do you mean have uh, the emasculating men as its goal or have as its goal to lift up women, uh, uh, not the extreme ones, but the general movement is a good one? Uh, clarify that with me on uh, Facebook Live. And Earl A. Jones, his his perspective I think is good. He says, uh, didn't Paul speak not by godly mandate but by permission in First Timothy 2, verses 9 through 15, uh, that he would advise Timothy not to or ordain woman and he would not ordain women um, as he did in first Corinthians seven, five through seven, when he said he would not get married. Thus, Paul meant what he said by permission. He would not ordain women. Timothy, his son, should not in his opinion. However, you can or are permitted to. In other words, Paul was given personal advice on what he thought, not necessarily from uh, divine mandate, just like I wish that y'all would not that y'all would remain single like me. Uh, but you're free to marry, as he's saying. I, you know, Timothy, I wouldn't want you to permit women for whatever reason, uh, but that doesn't mean that it's a prescribed mandate. Uh, so I, I think that 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 has some legs to it, uh, Earl. I would go on to say I believe that um, what God was actually doing here was He was was liberating women, but He was doing it in a male-dominating environment, and so even when you're ministering in a current environment that may not be godly, you still have to try to, to live in that culture. And so the culture of that day, Paul was right on board. But uh, like you said, I do not permit women to teach, for instance. That's what Paul said. Uh, so is that a mandate that God is saying women are not allowed to teach? Or was that Paul's opinion? Like me as a pastor saying, I would not allow uh, certain things that happen in my church that could happen in other churches. Who knows? I tend to think that a lot of it was cultural, and I tend to think that I that headship is still there. I still am a believer in headship, which some would see me as too conservative to believe in headship, but I still believe uh, in male headship. I'm okay with it. Uh, some ladies are okay with it. Some are not. Okay. Um, so that could be too conservative for some, but I'm too liberal for others because I believe that a woman can do and should do anything she's gifted to do 
uh, as long as she has covering. And I believe that we should all have covering, but in specifically uh, male covering. That's me. All right. And uh, but I, I have uh, women pastors uh, in my family. I have, was about to have a woman pastor on today. We're going to get her back on another time. I I am dealing with in my own personal theology of what is the spirit of the woman? What is the spirit of the man? I want certain kinds of people around me that have a certain kind of spirit, male or female. But I definitely don't want a, a woman who is male emasculating. Uh, or a woman that's trying to quote unquote be a man, whatever that looks like, uh, that, you know. And and so I want a woman who still has um, power, uh, but respects authority. And I want listen to listen to this. I want men who have power, but also have a spirit of submission and respect authority, even if that authority above them is a woman or is an older man or even is a younger man. I have some young pastors. Can a older man who's 60, 70, 80 still respect a younger pastor who's 35 or 45? You know, it, it's all about that spirit, right? That spirit of respect, that spirit of being able to uh, to work together in unity. That's what I'm talking about. Now, I promised you before the break, so I'm going to give it to you now. Acts chapter 1, as God is about to unleash the Holy Spirit, to start the first century church, uh, he has people in the upper room. These are his top leaders, okay? And he says to them, I need y'all to now wait for the power of the Holy Spirit, the gift that I, the Father promised, because I'm about to unleash this thing. And when I do, and of course, I'm using my language, when I do, place is going to flip out, <laughs> okay? And that's what happened in, in Acts chapter 2. The place flipped out. They even thought these people were drunk because the Spirit of God was moving in such a way. But he did promise this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth or the uttermost part of the world. Now, who was around? Well, it actually says uh, in verse 12, then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath, day, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were, are you ready? Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. They're all the men, right? Okay, remember Judas, son of James, not uh, Judas Iscariot. He's he's gone now. So there's there's uh, uh, eleven of them, right? Check out verse fourteen. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. What? They're in there? Hang on. Whenever I envision the upper room, it's always men. But there it is, Acts 1, 14, 1, 13 and 14. Read it for yourself. I'll be right back. Sunglasses, like a brand new pair of jeans. I feel like taking chances. I feel a lot like 17. When asked the question raised by her professor, why are you here at Omega Graduate School? Sebla Digluhailu answered in one of her essays like this. 
I was not there just to add a prefix to my name, though that would feel good. The greater purpose of my preparation at OGS is to fulfill my mandate to be a change agent. The doctoral study is a time of preparation for me to see and to think, to understand the times, and to craft my way in fulfilling my calling. Sebla Diglu Hailu, a current doctor of philosophy student from Ethiopia, is a counselor and adjunct psychology professor who hosts a weekly radio show in the capital city of Ethiopia and is an advocate for empowering women and children. What is your profession and how can OGS help you grow to the next level in your graduate education? Dr. David Anderson is the new chancellor of Omega Graduate School, formerly known as Oxford Graduate School, and your education as a working adult is important to him, to God, and to all who will be changed in the world because of your important research. Go to OGS.edu today and apply or call 1-800-933-6188. Hi, Jewel. This is Dr. Anderson. How are you? Hi, Dr. Anderson, and hello to your guests. First, I want to thank you for Best Buy Waterproofing. They are outstanding. Yeah, and I'm scheduled to get my work done in a week, but I just want to thank you. The free home inspection, they came out. It it. was just absolutely amazing. They have over 30 years of experience, and they'll even donate $500 to my show if you end up doing business with them. But most of all, get your basement fixed. Give them a call, 844-980-3707. That's 844-980-3707. Have you heard any good lawyer jokes lately? Well, let me tell you about a lawyer who is no joke. That's James McCollum. He's a no-nonsense attorney who understands the law and he knows the Lord. When I have need of legal advice, I have contacted James McCollum. If you need legal representation, contact James McCollum at 301-864-6070. That's attorney James McCollum at 301-864-6070. And that's no joke. And I'm back. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. We're talking about women in leadership, specifically empowering women in ministry. Uh, how can we as churches lift up women in ministry? I wish I could talk to you. I wish uh, I could hear what you're thinking on this one. We're not taking any calls today since uh, we're working on some technical difficulties. But uh, that means you get to hear me kind of keep talking to you about my view. I usually like to tease my view out throughout the show with your uh, phone calls. And so I'm just kind of giving you my straight up theology. So you already got what I said about uh, women in the upper room, huh? I mean, that's pretty, pretty powerful when you think about it. So they were right there with the 12 uh, disciples. We tend to see the 12 disciples by themselves. Seldomly are they, though. I mean, if you start reading your scriptures and seeing that the 12 are there, but oftentimes women are right there, too. Right. But remember, this is all being written uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit through men who are writing. And uh, they're at least including the women. I mean, at least they're telling us they're there because oftentimes the women were excluded. Uh, And this is what happens when, for instance, uh, Peter preaches. Right. And he preaches this awesome, fiery message about how God's spirit will 
will come on the place, right? And he preaches Joel 2 as his text that men and women will preach and prophesy. That's what prophesying is, right? Uh, telling the future from the Old Testament, uh, foretelling. And then uh, New Testament prophecy is foretelling. It's preaching. Uh, and women will, will prophesy. Uh, as just like men and your sons and your daughters will have the spirit poured out on them so they'll prophesy said it twice actually in in acts chapter two i think that that's powerful but then it goes on to tell us how many people got saved that day any guess by the way uh how many people got saved on the day of pentecost any guess hmm any takers i want to know i want to know what do you think what's the number fill in the blank is it a a thousand b three thousand c five thousand or D, more than 10,000? What do you think? A, B, C, or D? Well, in the text, it says B, right? It says uh, about 3,000 were added to their number that day. That's what it says in 241, Acts 241. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Now, check it out. Only the men were counted, you see. And so that's, that's what the issue is. The issue is that I'm sure more than 3,000, right? About 3,000. Well, now add women. Now add children. You usually have more than one child. You usually have more than one woman. You got single women, you've got married women, you got aunts. So that number could be way above, way above 10,000. The first megachurch was in Acts chapter 2. And guess what? It was multicultural and it had women in it. Now, it just counted the men's heads. In fact, if you read the scriptures, like in verse 29 of that same passage, it says, Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet, and he knew that God had promised him an oath that he would place one of his descendants on the throne. Seeing what is ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are witnesses of the fact, exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. And so, wow, this is great, right? He's preaching this word, but notice how he starts it off. Brothers, <laughs> like the women aren't even there, but you know they are. You know, he wasn't just, a day of Pentecost wasn't just men, but when he's speaking, He's speaking to men because women are supposed to be silent, right? And the children. And so it doesn't mean they're not there. It doesn't mean they don't have value. It means that that's what the culture of the day was. And in synagogues, it was the men who taught. It was the men who talked. It was midrashes where they, uh, where they would debate scripture and discuss uh, the, the, the history of, of their Jewish faith. They, they build their history on Moses and, and on Abraham and on David. And so they are having a great male moment of, of Bible study and preaching. But the women are there. They're just not supposed to really speak up. And so can you imagine the women hearing the word of God and seeing all this and not getting saved? 
So I would have to choose D, 10,000 or more. But if you just want to read the scriptures, then it's 3,000. So we can have B or D, and you'll still get an A on the test. How's that sound? Is that a good compromise? There you go. So what have we said? Are women allowed to be in ministry? Yes, of course. But are there, is there ministry limited? Well, it depends. If you're a traditionalist, then yes, it's limited to uh, teaching other women that are younger and children. And they should be silent in the church. And when they go to church, they should not speak or sing or anything. And then if they have a question or if they want to express their faith verbally in any way, they should do it with their husband at home. If they're not married, uh, then maybe with an older woman at home or outside the church. So if you're a traditionalist and a literalist of the scriptures, then that's the view you need, you hold. But you need to be consistent, carry it all the way through. Don't pick and choose. Uh, and start uh, talking about, well, it's okay for them to sing. It's okay for them to read scripture. Uh, it's okay for them to give a greeting. Why? Why is it okay? If you're, if you're lifting up the word of God, we got to hold on to the word of God, and the word of God is God's word, and God's word says a woman's supposed to keep silent in the church. Well, if that's what you believe, then carry it to its logical conclusion. Don't do uh, what a lot of people do, and they pick and choose and still call it the word of God. Right. Unless there's another view. And I'm giving you the other view, at least the one I hold. But if you're going to hold on to the traditional view. Then carry it to its logical conclusion. And that is she's supposed to be silent in the church. Ask her husband. If she has a question. She's not married. Ask an older woman, not in the church, but somewhere in private at home. And what would that do to your churches? Tell me if women were supposed to keep silent in the church, what would that do to your churches? What would it do if you did not allow women to teach, to preach, to lead, to share, to organize, to administrate, to, to affect logistics so that people can move from one place to the next, uh, move the people from one uh, location to the next? I mean, what would your churches be like if women decided you know what, we're going to go on strike in the, in the in the church of Jesus Christ. And our strike means we're going to show up and we're going to shut up. And we're not going to speak and we're just going to be present. What would that do to your churches? And so why then, if you don't agree with that, why then would you not then choose a theology closer to what I'm trying to teach today? And that is one that says, you know what, no, we're not just going to allow you to speak. We're going to empower you to speak. What do you have in there that God gave you? What gifts do you have in there that can be used to help us send the gospel forward? How can we leverage your gifts of, of poetry and preaching and prophesying and, and, and teaching and organizing and singing and, and playing instruments and and greeting and 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 how what could what could we do to lift you teach you encourage you empower you to then lift us encourage us teach us empower us and then when we start empowering you and you start empowering us wow what a place of power god can do something with the people who are committed to lifting one another up Did your financial advisor lose 30% or more of your life savings during the last market crash? Are you afraid it could happen again? I'm Pastor David Mitchell, founder of Tradeway. 
Tradeway specializes in teaching you how to cut out the middleman and take control of your money. At our first event, Step 1, Start Your Journey, you'll learn how business principles from the Bible, combined with our powerful skill sets for stock trading, can give you the ability to make informed financial decisions for your family. Having control can give you peace of mind even in an uncertain market because nobody cares as much about your hard-earned money as you do. Tradeway, you'll learn to reach your biggest goals by taking small steps. Coming to the Hyatt Regency Reston, September 14th and 15th. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. Dr. Robert Jeffress from Pathway to Victory has a free gift for you, the Elijah Map. We're using the prophet's life to uncover seven secrets for living a successful and significant life. See the fascinating story of the prophet's journey with insights into his impact upon God's people and learn how to impact your world for God. Know more at WAVA.com keyword map. That's WAVA.com keyword map. Hello, I'm Dr. Anika Prather, and several years ago, I went on a journey to find a school that would provide a Christ-centered yet more open way for my children to learn. I was especially looking for this type of school for my oldest son, who is a unique learner. He is creative, strong-willed, has a high critical thinking ability, and just simply walks to the beat of a different drummer. I could not find a school that would allow my son to freely express himself and receive a Christian education. I prayed for direction, and God led me to open the Living Water School in Maryland. The Living Water School allows students in grades K through 12 the freedom to learn in their own unique way, but also disciples them in the Word of God. 1 Peter 2.16 says, Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. The Living Water School is now adding a preschool for ages 2 to 4. Find out more at the LWSchool.org. Living Water is now enrolling pre-K through 12th. Go to the LWSchool.org. Dr. Tony Evans of the Urban Alternative is coming to the D.C. metro area for an evening full of anointed worship, dynamic teaching, and rich, rewarding fellowship as we come together, crossing lines that would normally divide us to experience worship without walls. This is WAVA's Director of Ministry, Dennis Williams, and I want to personally invite you to this unforgettable event on Thursday, September 20th at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. For more information, go to WAVA.com, keyword Evans. That's WAVA.com, keyword Evans. Without Walls is presented by Sherman James Productions, Food for the Hungry, and WAVA Radio. This is Rich Becker, producer of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. The radio ministry of Real Talk with Dr. Anderson is made possible by the generosity of listeners like you. If this nonprofit ministry is a blessing to you, will you prayerfully consider partnering with us? With an ongoing monthly gift of $30 or more, you'll become a Real Talk partner. As a way of saying thank you, we would love to send you a signed copy of Dr. Anderson's book, Gracism. Thank you for making this important ministry possible. We can't do it without you. Visit andersonspeaks.com and simply click the donate button to support Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. That's andersonspeaks.com. 
And thank you so much for your support and for those of you who continually not only listen to me but encourage me along the way. I thank you for that. It's always good to run into you when you visit uh, my church, Bridgeway Community Church here in Columbia, Maryland, or in Owens Mills, uh, Maryland. So thank you for that. And for those of you who send in short little notes or emails and things of that sort, thank you. And then for those of you who don't like me, or not like me, but you know what I mean, you don't like necessarily like what I say and you may send something into the station, thank you for that as well because it always helps push me too. You know, and I, if I'm going to live out this bridge building thing, that means that uh, when people disagree with me, I can't just get angry about it. I've got to learn, right? And so that's that's why I invite you to come to the table to have a conversation, and I'm going to stretch you and push you. You're going to stretch me and push me, and we're going to learn from one another. Of course, today we weren't quite able to do that. You had to sort of just learn from me sitting at my feet today because we didn't have um, phone lines open, but I'll open those back up uh, tomorrow, Lord willing. Melanie B. Young says on my Facebook page, this is one way we can talk to one another, um, that uh, it seems that God had... Uh, that idea in mind for women. But once again, the men <laughs> took their leadership role too far and really missed misused their authority. Oh, that's that's uh, for sure. And of course, the idea I had, how about if women just uh, uh, are quiet in the church and they, they uh, protest and say, we're not going to speak then, fine. Uh, Melanie's funny. She says, that will certainly um, make my husband stay awake and pay attention in church, something like that. So, uh, Sherelle uh, Doyle, thank you so much for uh, writing in as well. She says, I left a church because the pastor's wife said that women are not to speak in the church. After I approached her about leadership and my desire to be a leader, I researched the scriptures uh, myself and um, and challenged her view I bought my research to her, then she stopped speaking to me. Sorry about that, Sherelle. Well, there you have it. I mean, this is a tough topic for a lot of people. I'm at a place in my life, I'm like, what's the big deal? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, if I get to the other side and I face Jesus, and Jesus says, David, you know, I shouldn't even let you in here the way you've acted. You lifted up all those women and you let them lead and serve in my church. And people got saved and discipled and encouraged uh, and, and things were organized. So hospital visits could happen. And, 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 and you know, and people were encouraged when a woman worship leader led the, the, the worship. And, and, and how dare you? How dare you grow my church using women? Uh, you know what? You, you shouldn't even come into my heaven. I mean, is that, is that like the unpardonable sin that, that I actually empowered women? Think about it. Why are you so committed to uh, not lifting them up if you aren't? And if you are, bravo. There's my clapping right there. Bravo. Come on, let's pray together. Lord, thank you that you embolden, empower, equip, and anoint all of us to lead. Like you said, men and women will receive the pouring out of your Holy Spirit, and they will prophesy. They will see dreams and visions. I do pray for the women under my sound of my voice as well as the men that uh, somehow today's talk uh, would have uh, sharpened them, pushed them, challenged them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Help your children.